0: Well, the the question starts with the disciples asking this question, uh, who's the greatest? And they say, in the kingdom of heaven. But, you know, a lot of the things that I saw written about this, uh, people just took it as a bad thing and really just railed on the disciples about being so prideful. But it just struck me that the intensity level that they were going at the disciples about how evil it is to be prideful, but they were talking in such a prideful way about that. And I mean, we shouldn't be prideful. Bad is bad. We shouldn't be bad. But I think what Jesus was saying here and what was happening with the disciples, you know, it isn't so far beyond our morality that we can't re-understand what's happening. First off, there's no indication here that Jesus is rebuking the disciples. He just simply answers their question. And so if you look at it, the word they use is just big. What's big in the kingdom of heaven? Who is doing a big thing? And this is a natural question for them to ask because people are seeing that something big is happening here with Jesus, and they're a part of something big that is happening. But there's a lot of people in their society and their culture that are also seeing the big, but they're having some problems accepting it. Uh, and we just read about Jesus being rejected in his hometown because... The life that Jesus led up until he started his ministry didn't give them any indication that something big was going to come from Jesus. And so all of a sudden, something big coming from Jesus is completely unexpected. In other words, there was this expectation in their society that something big would come from a person or a thing that you would expect big things to come from. But it wasn't happening like that. And even the disciples, they were going to constantly run into this. How are these big things coming from these uneducated uh, people? Jesus coming from Nazareth. Can any good thing come from Nazareth? What they're trying to understand is how is it that, that we, how is it that they, how do we connect to these big things that God is doing? People looked at comparison and say, well, big was, was Moses, but they had just encountered Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration in the chapter before. It's a natural thing for them to ask, how, what, what, how do we connect to the big? And Jesus isn't condemning them for wanting to be a part of something big. And that's important for us to understand because every single person wants to connect in some sort of way to something big and sometimes we may push it off because we feel like we've been rejected or we just feel like we can't really get that for all sorts of reasons we, we may but there's something inside of us that wants to connect to something big and sometimes we work that out in, in prideful ways sometimes we just work that out in all sorts of ways we, we may say i want to be famous we may say i want to be playing the nfl you may say i want to be like a great investor i want to pursue this career we, we have these ways that we're trying to work it out but all those ways are all doing the same thing it's it's ways that we're trying to attach ourselves to or to hit That thing that's inside of us, where whether people think we have some sort of potential or not, we feel like there's something there that, in some sort of way, we can be a part of something big. And we'd love to see that happen. And to me, you can criticize the way the disciples brought that up, but that's going on in everybody. We're all there. And Jesus is just saying, Look, God has something big that he's doing and what it is it's in our hearts where we're trying to see how we can connect to something big he has a path for us to connect to that and the world has their path the way that they say that we can connect to it. But Jesus, but God has his way of connecting. And God understands what that big thing is that we're searching for. And he understands how it can get worked out the best. And he has it as a calling for us. Now, we don't have to go there. It's not a rule. We can pursue what's big in whatever way we want to. But but if we want to pursue it, they say, how do we connect to the big that God's doing? Jesus answers that question. And and what he does is he pulls this uh, kid along. We don't really know how old he is. He uses this word called paideia or paideia. And uh, it's a confusing word in some senses because there's another word you could use for a child. But, but this word kind of means somewhere between four or five years old to like, 18, 19, maybe 20. But but the reason why there's that age is if you look at our culture, it's understandable why it is. That's the age that people go to school. And that's why the, that word uh, paideia it is still used in educational circles and things like schools are named it, It's It's not just a small child. It's a person somewhere between the age of 4, or 5 to like almost 20 that's involved in this educational process. And in the Greek culture, what they believed was that a person may have a certain amount of greatness or potential, but they need it paideia in order to get there. And so what Jesus does is stands before them paideia in the form of this person. But it's obvious he's not just talking about little kids. He's talking about a teachable moment. And that's what he's setting before them. They're asking for a teachable moment, and he gives them a teachable moment. And, and all he says is this. Look, greatness, you already know, everyone already believes that greatness is somehow attached to paideia, this this moment when we're going to do this. But, When he says, you who are beyond that age of paideia need to go back and become paideia, what he's saying is is the difference between God and the world is the world thinks you spend a quarter of your life on paideia and then three quarters of your life enjoying the benefits of that. But Jesus is saying, no, paideia with Jesus, with God, is not something where big is a result of that. Big is being a part of that. The disciples, the label for the disciples is disciples. All that means is learner. What Jesus is saying is, what's messed up is, it's not big as a result of being a learner. It's big is being a learner. And learner is who we are for this whole life. And that's why he says, unless you receive... This paideia, such as this, which is the child, but which is also this uh, teachable moment that he's set up for them. And there's an interesting word that's right before that that it's hard to translate in the context of the passage, but it's just a word that just says, "If by chance, or if by luck, or if by coincidence, it's that type of thing." What Jesus is saying to them is, "Yes." God is going to do some big things. And God wants us to be attached to that. And God has put things in our heart to move us to be where the big things that he's doing will be like a fulfillment of the big that we're looking for in our heart. And yes, we're doing them we've got we're all messed up in how we're going about that. But nonetheless, Jesus is there working them through it. But he says what that big thing is. It's dependent on us, one, seeing ourselves as a learner for our whole lives. In other words, don't have the expectation that big is the result of us having arrived at some place. Big, the things that are big that God is doing is happening in the midst of us being A learner. It happens the second we enter into it. It's something that we enjoy our whole life as a learner. We enjoy the bigness of what God is doing. He says that you need to receive this. You know, God is constantly giving us these sort of teachable moments. And most of the time, they happen by complete surprise. I mean, it looks to us as though it's by accident. It looks to us as though it's just this unconnected moment. What he's saying is, is see ourselves as a learner and then receive these teachable moments that Jesus puts before us. And what's difficult about that is that we oftentimes think, here's the teachable moment between the hour of Six and seven in the morning, I'm looking for a teachable moment from Jesus. Well, we don't get to determine when the teachable moment God determines that. We think, I'm going to go find someone who's very skilled, someone who's very accomplished. I'm going to get a teachable moment from them. No. God gets to decide who the teachable moment is going to come from. Teachable moments from Jesus may come from someone from Nazareth that no one expected anything big to come from. A teachable moment might come from a person who's a fisher person, a blue-collar worker. A a teachable moment, Jesus says, came from a a Roman centurion who was their president. A teachable moment came from someone begging on the street. He says, your faith is so great. Teachable moments, God doesn't need for us to have arrived at any particular place in order for someone to receive a teachable moment from us. God is big enough, Jesus is big enough, that he can just set up a random child and and we receive a teachable moment from them. What he's saying is is the problem is, is we keep trying to manufacture how we think an opportunity is. What we think big is. What we think a teachable moment is. When we think we want to learn something, but he says we just need to lower ourselves and just accept we are learners. And the big will happen while we're learners. We don't need to go beyond that. It can happen right here. And Jesus is doing that day in and day out. And we just need to start being receptive to these moments. And sometimes for me, I know the moments have been I'm going to go to some sort of meeting where I think I'm going to learn something. But on the way, I stop to get gas. Someone starts talking to me. And I feel like, well, I can't talk to this person because I will miss this teachable moment. But it turns out that was the teachable moment. (laughs) It happened in an odd way. Sometimes I think I'm going to get a teachable moment from this person, and on the way I meet someone who I would never thought I would learn anything from, but it's a teachable moment. He says we have it right. Big is attached, but it's not a result of teachable moments. It's found in the teachable moments, and God is the one. If it's a big thing God is doing, he's the one. Who's in charge of that, and he can determine the time, the place, the people. And so we just need to be open to that. Now the last thing that he says is uh, difficult to understand. He, he says he changes that word. He, he stops using or the word paideia, and he changes it to a word that just is the word small. You could translate it unimportant, but it's Everyone sees it's the contrast to the word that the disciples use. The disciples use big, and then Jesus talks about paideia, and now he addresses something that's small. And, and what he's saying is, is as we pursue this big, it, it's involving us being learners, it's involving us grabbing a hold of these, or, or just being open, receiving these teachable moments that Jesus will give in our life. But he says here, "There's th- this is where there is a warning. He says, be careful as we pursue what's big that we don't, the word is uh, scandalize. It's where we get the word scandalize from. Uh, offend, maybe, what's small. Uh, it, it's hard to know, what, what does he mean by that word? you know, to scandalize, in our English word it means a real or imagined offense. And everyone notices that what's being said here is bringing us back to a little story that happened right at the end of chapter 17, just to this, so they're connected. And this word connects them, but also the thought connects it. And what happens in at the end, in chapter 17, is that it says... They came to Capernaum, and those who collect it, so it's just sort of a worker that's collecting something. It's not an important person. It's someone who's paid, or just their job is to collect some money. So this person comes to collect, or some people come, a two drachma tax. And they came to Peter and says, Does your teacher, does your teacher not pay the two drachma tax? And Jesus said, Yes. Or, Andy said, Yes. And he came into the house, and Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon, from whom do the kings of the earth collect customs and poll taxes, from their sons or from strangers? And Peter said, From strangers. And Jesus said to him, Then the sons are exempt. However, so that we do not, that same word, scandalize, or do not offend them, go to the sea, throw in a hook, take out the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel, Take that and give it to them for you and for me. Jesus is saying two things. This word, whatever it is he's talking about here at the end, it's not big, isn't enslaved to what's the right or wrong answer. Here he says, look, they're absolutely wrong in the way that they're projecting this but so that we don't do what he talks about here scandalize it or offend it let's just pay it even though it's not right let's just do it and the second thing he has he has money he has a money box we know because Judas was stealing money from the money box he doesn't take any of that he specifically says let's God will provide it by a miracle this fish type thing. I'm not sure how that all works out. I was reading a story uh, this week about a very famous actor who's a huge actor, big, 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 big actor, um, but he has one daughter, he's 80, she's in her 50s, and he's been estranged from hasn't talked to her and I think, I can't remember. I might, it's either 20, 30 years, like 30 years, basically back to when she was 20. He hasn't talked to her since then. And someone asked him about it, and he said, well, at that time, it was a very difficult, hurtful time for both of them. And he said one of the main things was is I was an actor, but I wasn't as big. I had this feeling within me that, 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 that I should be bigger than this. And I have become bigger, so I was right in that. But how that all worked out at that time was just very difficult. What he's saying is, is he grabbed a hold of what's big. But then by comparison, something else started started to seem small or unimportant. And some sort of uh, offensive, whether real or imagined, happened. And he ended up losing that relationship, he he was focused on this big thing and ended up losing this. And what Jesus is saying is, if that happens, then whatever it is that's big, might as well just be thrown into the sea. <laughs> it's a very common thing that we see and we think as we grab a hold of a career, as he did, he's lost his family. What Jesus is saying is, look, it's fine to have something big on our hearts. We, God has that there for a reason because he has big things that he wants us to be a part of. And we know we can attach to that by lowering ourselves and just accepting that in this life we're learners. We don't have to be arrived and that's good news because we can enjoy the big as a learner It's only attached to just start receiving these teachable moments. But there's a warning. As we pursue what's big, as the big starts to happen, there will be this draw for us to start to see people or things as less and less important, As smaller and smaller, as we see this, is bigger and bigger, these things will be smaller and smaller. And he says, be careful. Because if you trample over that, if you let go of that, if you scandalize that, then everything that was big might as well just be thrown into the sea. It's lost. And what is it that happens? You know, a lot of times we just think, well... I'm thinking the right way about this. And so if they're lost, they're lost. If the connection is broken, it's broken. Jesus says, I am thinking the right way, but I'm still not willing to offend or, or to scandalize or to set them off. He says, it's not about that. Say, well, everything is needed for this big. Jesus is making it clear. It's not a matter of resources. We could just go find a fish and God could put money in that fish's mouth and solve that. It's not that. In other words, he's saying we have all sorts of reasons to justify a pursuit of the big. But he says, be careful not to lose sight of the small. And that's the parable that he gives here in a few verse of searching for the one sheep over the 99. Let's pray. Jesus, we uh, need your help to understand what you're saying here and how this relates to us. I pray that you would give us a teachable moment right now. And give us, help us to see the teachable moments that are in front of us. Help us to value and not let other people uh, talk us down or tell us that, 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 that we don't have a place in something big when we know that you have given us a place. But help us, Lord, to be cognizant enough to not let what's small drift past us. Bring us all together. Save us all. Bring us into one big thing together. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.